0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. And we have, I'm excited to say, a bit of a really interesting week ahead. Interesting good, (laughs) not interesting as in some of 2020s where we were battling uh, different transits that were highly energetic and also frustrating and uh, crazy making but rather this week we have a Sun-Venus energy that is literally impacting the entire week and literally impacting maybe the rest of uh, the month as well, if not you know, even into the future. And so we are gonna talk about that today. And then we're also going to talk about where the moon is this week and where it's moving throughout the week. And we are also beginning a new Pleiadian Earth Energy Week with One Exploring Energy, and Pia and Colin talked to us a little bit about that on Friday, so I want to take a look at that a little bit further, but I also want to dig in today to more of that Sun-Venus conjunction and how that plays out with the emergence of Venus into the next star point, the Aries star point, and what does that mean, and then also looking at where the Venus-Sun conjunction is in our human design. That's a very important placement. And JLo, I think you'll really appreciate that since it's sitting at the gate 17. And any of you who have the gate 17 uh, uh, in your natal charts, this is kind of adding some fuel to what you already experience with your gate 17. And then for those of us who don't carry gate 17, this is a new and interesting energy that will be added to uh, the week for you, but also as the starting point for this Venus star uh, placement over the next couple of months. So we have a lot to talk about as well. The earth begins to move through the gates in the spleen. So the gates in the spleen, as you know, are also fear gates where we can come face to face with our fears, where we can come face to face with the points or the things in our lives that paralyze us or where fear paralyzes us, where we can't seem to to move beyond. Uh, We get caught up or stuck. So Uh, That begins, you know, how we have that in October, late September, October, and early November, the sun is moving through all the gates of the spleen, but now from the last week of March into uh, the first week in May, we're going to be dealing with the earth who lays up the challenge of our overcoming or the need to overcome fears is uh, playing in our world. So it should be an interesting time. Let's just say good morning to everybody here. Good morning, Christine and JLo and Asa and Pauline Blenner. Good to see you. Mimi, good morning to you. It's great to see you. I'm sure others will be popping in here shortly. And uh, let me just get an announcement out of the way right now. On uh, Wednesday, this week, uh, I will be on Angel Heart Radio with Annette McCoy at I think it's going to be actually 4pm Pacific time I have to stop with that because we've moved ahead an hour, and I don't believe Australia has moved ahead so uh, likely we will be meeting up at 4pm Pacific time 7pm East coast time and we're going to look a little deeper at Tory Taurus energy uh, as the. Uh, month of April starts to come into play and you know we're looking at really only about a week or and a half or so before we're into April energy where the emphasis begins to pile up in the sign of Taurus and what does that mean for all of us especially with Uranus sitting in the sign of Taurus and uh, so we're going to take a look at that and all of the other planets and their their movement through Taurus as we uh, talk on Wednesday afternoon so Wednesday Uh, 4 p.m. I do believe I will certainly put that up if it's a different time, but I'm pretty sure it's 4 p.m. until next month when it will then be 5 p.m. again. Crazy with the time changes that we do, huh? Uh, Debbie Tibbetts-Tumio, good morning. Leslie Zuber, good to see you out there. Kathleen Mallory, hello, and Corey, good morning. So it's great to see everybody popping in. I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. Um, It was a nice day for us yesterday. We went off island and went to another island. We went to Friday Harbor, which is where my son lives, for a birthday party, and had a a wonderful time there. Um, Didn't get home until late last night, though. Our ferry was late leaving the island, for whatever reason that was. Uh, But we just got to enjoy the ups and the downs, ups and the downs. It was quite windy, so the water was really rough Luckily, neither of us got seasick, <laughs> so um, but we had a good time. So the weekend was a good one. Uh, so let's start taking a look then by where we are at the day today. So right now, as it sits, the moon is in the sign of cancer. Today, it is in a trine, an ease and flow, right? These two are flowing nicely with one another. <clears throat> Neptune in Pisces and the moon in cancer, both in water signs, exchanging intuitive information. That's like having antenna up, but the intuition that you might experience may not come through the usual way that you're thinking of it. It may come through your moods or your emotions or what you're feeling as cancer is a sign that is ruled by the moon and takes us deeply into emotional energy. So there's moodiness in the day today. And in fact, I think even tomorrow, a bit, we are dealing with, uh, yeah, tomorrow until afternoon, we're dealing with the moodiness of the moon moving through Cancer. But Cancer also is a sign that rules the home, the home meaning the familiar, right? The background energy that to you feels really good, feels stable, feels like a foundation is where your roots are. And so it puts an emphasis on home and the balance between home and your worldly self as the opposite sign of cancer is Capricorn. So Capricorn rules the 10th house of career and profession and our worldly endeavors versus cancer where we are dealing with our home and the energies of home and the familiar. So we're we're asked to balance those energies during this period of time. It is a sign of nurturing, mothering. We think of Cancer as the ruler of mother, and that is, it, you know, the typical, the the uh, traditional um, explanation. But in today's modern home, we have different ideas of what mother is. I mean, in some homes there is uh, a father that is actually playing the role of the nurturer. So we we changed the um, the expression of the moon in terms of mothering to be whomever it is that is giving out the nurturing energy, the most nurturing of the parent. And sometimes it's a one parent home and it's one parent that's playing both the masculine and the feminine, that is both the nurturer and the disciplinarian. So we have interesting things to deal with when we have the moon going through cancer and all the ideas of what traditions are versus where we are in this modern world. But no matter what, this is energy that is about nurturing and taking care of one another. Uh, Nurturing an idea, nurturing a child, nurturing yourself, nurturing a spouse. You can go on and on. Feeding, clothing, taking care of. That is the purpose of Cancer Energy, to take care of the home and the hearth. Um, with emotional energy on the uh, upswing for the next few days, actually even from yesterday as well, um, moodiness and sensitivity are in place. Now, sensitivity means that we can easily feel hurt or need to feel like we have to defend something in our own lives uh, when the moon is in cancer, but we can also Uh, defend and be sensitive about what's happening with other people around us so don't be surprised if there's something that triggers us triggers you in some way to stand up and take care of a situation or a person uh, in your life during this period of time as we are way more sensitive which also then brings to mind that the solar plexus is the source of emotional energy in the human template, human design. And as such, then we have to remember to try to stay out of reactive energy and stay in the energy of response. So instead of striking out or defending with a sort of warrior stance, take some breaths, right? Take some breaths and give yourself some time before you decide to take action on something that may have just been your uh, super sensitivity. So we get, we, we get opportunities when the moon is in cancer to practice our new solar plexus intelligence or emotional intelligence rather than the old-fashioned emotional reactivity. And I, I just say this in general because the throat energies are going to be triggered this week, that you speak these things, you speak, you react or respond with permission to do so, or with an invitation to do so, rather than permission, I would guess, right? You don't just, you know, decide to send a text message or a messenger message or an email off to someone uh, telling them off or telling them, you know, your opinions without that invitation to do so, without having first been invited to share of your wisdom, of your thoughts or your ideas or your emotions. And that helps to keep the peace, right? Would you rather be right or would you rather be at peace? That comes up in this energy as well. In the more negative aspects of the moon in cancer, we have defensiveness. We have shutting down out of a lack of confidence. Uh, Energies in cancer sometimes feel like you know, putting that hard cancer crab shell around, protecting from the vulnerabilities of the inner self. So there can be insecurities and a lack of confidence when the moon is going through the sign of cancer. So that would happen likely wherever it is that cancer is in your natal chart. So if you had it, for example, in your first house because you have a cancer rising sign, it might be something that you take personally. If it's in your second house of money, for example, you might be defending money or trying to hold on to money or you're not confident that more money will come. Uh, Let's say put it in the seventh house of relationship. It could play out in your relationships and you become defensive with those that are closest to you all around the, the wheel, wherever it is in your chart, it's gonna have a little bit different expression for the week. So get your charts out, dust them off, take a look at them and see where this energy is playing out. Uh, okay, so let's take a look and see who else is out here today. Ursula, good morning to you, Jennifer Peachy, hello. JLo says, ha, huh, it was felt with my grandson when I gave him a choice to eat dinner and he gets his iPad, uh, if not no iPad. Ah, I see. So making, I I don't, I, maybe I'm saying, thinking of this wrong, but you're making eating food dependent on whether he gets his iPad or not. Is that what I'm hearing? Um, J-Lo says, he told me, grandma, you made me cry. Oh, I said, yes, because you know, you have to eat dinner. Sometimes making a choice is not the one you want to. Ah, yes, he chose to eat. Good job. Alisa, good morning to you and anybody else out there who I've missed. It's great to see you all this Monday morning. Uh, So let's see, let's take a look now at the energy of the Pleiadian calendar for the week because it's interesting to always have this new, um, energy coming in. It's a new 13-day week. Remember, this is a spiral of consciousness. You can't look at the calendar and go, oh, there's seven days. And uh, that's that's not the way that the world actually works. That's a very mechanized way of looking at the world. And it's really been t- something, that, a tool that has taken us out of living in the natural rhythms and cycles of time, and of living in the natural order of the way the world works or living true to our own energies and the way that the energies within us wax and wane, even in response to the planets and their movements through the sky. So the Pleiadian Earth calendar takes us through a 13 day spiral of consciousness where there isn't necessarily an ending, that ending is really the beginning of a new spiral of consciousness and we can see how we're growing and evolving through these weeks and if any of you have been watching this energy through for yourself you can almost predict like what's coming next you begin to get really adept at where the energy is pulling you and, and or pushing you uh and and what the next expression might be So today, as it is a one day, we are tapped into the energy of new beginnings and all that can emerge from a new beginning. And uh, sorry, I have my phone sitting here. Okay, so sorry. So the new beginnings are something that's emerging in your life. So what is emerging? This is an initiating energy. It starts something, right? It's time to start something new, to venture outward in your life in some way. And of course, that's also supported by the spring equinox having happened or the autumn equinox if you're down under. And that also being a representation of something new, something, a a potential that lies uh, in the Um, doing of something new or in the being of someone new. And so then we pair that today with exploring energy. Exploring energy in the Mayan calendar was Ben, and it was represented by a reed and the need for a reed to be able to be flexible, to yield to to the forces of nature, to the wind and to the heat of the sun and to water coming and going. And so we have this energy of exploring, which is giving us potential or access to the potential for new ideas um, or options to review. So we may have many different things in front of us that, that we need to take the time to look through and to determine what's next for ourselves. This is a great time to look at your own self and your own being and where it is that you want to improve yourself. Are there courses that you want to take? Is there more spiritual time for contemplation that you want to enact in your life? Maybe you've become too complacent and you need to be more bold. Uh, So this is a time for us to look deep within, to ask the questions of ourselves about where it is that our next steps lie. What is my next step, right? Um, And this is energy, by the way, this whole 13-day period is going to resonate with this energy of Uh, anything being possible. I wanted to say what more is possible, but I think it's deeper than that. It's that anything is possible. It's about what are you focusing on? Remember last week when we talked about the unmanifest reality and how we, until we pull that everything lies in waves of light or photons of light that are all holding potential and until we distill it out of the wave form by observation or by focusing our energy on it it doesn't become possible it distills itself down into a particle then and then begins to create the reality that we see so what are we pulling from the waves right what are we pulling into reality out of those waves or out of the unmanifest reality so this reminds us then that anything is possible. And it is primarily focused on what you believe, what you think is possible. What are you focusing your energy and your time and your efforts on? And this energy brings a bridge between ourselves and the cosmos where we are completely linked together. And that is not something that's breakable. You might ignore it. You could forget about it. But it doesn't change the fact that we are all tapped into the cosmos. We are all children of the cosmos. We are all part and parcel of the very same stars that we look at in the night sky, the very same uh, sun, the very same earth, the very same animals and plants and all of that. So it reminds us about that bridge that we have, that, that we're holding space for. Uh, to bring in new ideas and to see the world in new and exciting ways without devolving into some of those old energies that we have been sort of holding on to for a long time. This is our big opportunity to shake up the land, right? To shake up the world, to shake up our ideas, to shake up our being, and to step forward into something new, even if it is unknown, right, exploring energy isn't the, you're not exploring what's known, you're really looking at what more is possible through what haven't I yet experienced, so what would I like to be, what would I like to experience, where would I like to go, who would I like to do it with, all of these different things are possible during this 13-day period of time and remember exploring energy then remains the umbrella energy for the whole of the 13 days even though we'll move to two healing and all of the other energies afterwards we will still hold to this exploring energy so exploring what's up if i look at the at the calendar itself we'll be exploring See, tomorrow's two healing, then three seeing, then intuiting, evolving, self-regulating and on. So we'll just be applying, exploring energy to each of those different categories or those different days or those different day energies. So it doesn't go away just because it's today. It stays with us as a pulse, perhaps uh, of energy that infuses every other day afterwards until we get to day 13, where we then ascend or move up to the next level. All right. I'm interested to see what people think about that. Are you following that calendar? Uh, Are you noticing its impact in your life? Thank you, Debbie Tibbetts Tumio. She says, remember to hit the like button. If you're liking my videos, please hit like. If you are new to living astrology on uh youtube please subscribe and when you subscribe then you'll get notified if you hit the little bell that you want to know when i'm coming live on air but just for those of you who might be new i'm on air on monday mornings and friday mornings at 8 a.m pacific time 11 a.m east coast time Uh, okay so i don't see any other questions out there asa thank you so much for being out there with us morning if people have questions please let me know Uh, We are going to launch into now what is going on for the week, the bigger picture of the week, and then we'll go into our Venus sun energy that I'm really excited to talk about for some reason this morning. And I wanted to just keep studying this energy this morning. I really just kept wanting to go more, 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 Uh, but we may have to do that in bits and pieces and steps because I don't want to lose people along the way as to what it is we're talking about. So for the week today, we just have our moon in Cancer. No big changes going on on the horizon there. Tomorrow, Mercury, the planet of communication, now in the sign of Pisces, will square uh, Mars in Gemini. So we have the energy of speaking and the possibility then of becoming uh, misunderstood. So we want to be careful here because the square energy is a challenge it um, causes us to need to move forward, or to evolve, or to learn more, to um, to sort of build upon what we know to be true. But Mercury in Pisces is in water. Not only that, it's in water that's very etheric, spiritual, sort of airy in a in a not in a Gemini way, but in a hard to pin down way, in a more ether sort of way, a spirit sort of way. So Mercury, the planet of communication and speaking and the mind isn't in clear territory. It's in sort of murkiness at the moment. And Mars, of course, is in a very chatty Cathy sort of place and wants to keep sharing and wants to keep uh, talking and is in a very activated mind following strands of curiosity and so forth and those two can challenge one another which means we may say or do things that we didn't really think about before we said them remember that whole idea of waiting for the invitation before you blurp out there into the world your ideas or your opinions or whatever it is that you want to say Because if you say those things without an invitation, likely it's an invitation for the other person to become more defensive or to react uh, in the same way emotionally. And before you know it, you have this snowball effect until somebody wakes up and says, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) This is not the way to use this energy. Instead, use this energy to tap into what your intuition, what... What sort of things are popping up out of that field of ether? Like, what ideas or what themes are you seeing that are coming up? The themes that are coming up are the the personal pathways, perhaps, for you to take. And uh, Mercury sitting uh, in that square will give us access to being able to bring them out of the ethers and more into reality. So maybe just you know consider before speaking, this might be a very good week to really be more contemplative and more inner soul searching than to try to make things happen. So even though it is an action oriented week, action doesn't mean pushing, it doesn't mean driving into something or pushing our way into something, forcing something to happen in this case what we can see is that it's really our just following the strands of consciousness or opportunities as they come up noting if these are repeating patterns or if things that have come up before that are indicators maybe of a direction that we need to go so rather than forcing the action to happen just going along with the flow that will take you to the right place in the right time with the right people without taking that Mars energy and pushing or being aggressive with that energy, which happens to also be the energy of the voice and of the mind. So keeping that in, in uh, your awareness for this particular week. Now that's on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we begin the new human design week. The sun will move into the gate 17. This is why we're gonna focus on this gate 17 today. And also the earth moving into the gate 18, which is the first gate on the spleen that we talk about. And it is about a fear of perfection, of judgment, of constriction. And so we wanna take a look at the deeper meanings behind that. Thursday and Friday begin the conjunction of Venus to the sun. And as well, as I show you here in a few moments, they are in that conjunction time also conjunct the planet Chiron or the planetoid or the centaur Chiron, which brings us the opportunity for the wounding and healing of Uh, Aries energies. So energies in Aries are about standing up and being counted, if you will, uh, moving ahead in your life, being bold, taking action, uh, that appropriate action, not forcing action. But the wound may be when we try to force things to happen, it blows up in our faces. And then we're left feeling like I, you know, did something wrong, or my life never works out, or victim energy, right, that gets triggered there. And then uh, as we go, and and then also the star point, the Venus star point is in that same time period. So we're going to talk about that. Saturday is kind of a cooler day, nothing much going on. However, you're still in the um, impact of the Venus star point change and in Venus having moved into Aries yesterday. So we're in bolder, more uh, forward moving energy. And then the star point changes, and that is also a part of the Venus cycle. Uh, so we still get that impact then, even throughout the weekend. And then on Sunday we have the full moon in Libra. <clears throat> so not a not a horrendous week energetically. A kind of a good week, I think, if you are ready to see what more is possible. If you're ready to crawl out of the cave and to get more engaged in life and out in the world, sort of the outer self coming out to play. So, okay, questions, opportunities right now for you to ask your questions. Um, Corey, I brought the calendar, but I haven't followed it yet. Oh, Corey, Corey, get your calendar out and mark it. I keep mine uh, marked with the paperclip so I can always go right to it of course I use this to talk to you guys about it but I actually look at this every day so that I know what that energy is about and uh, then you start to really intuit the flow the flow of this calendar is extraordinary and it is the flow it's actually like the the tempo of the earth um as it is falling in its natural cycles, right? Not the artificial cycles that we have through our mechanical Gregorian calendar, but more through the evolution of consciousness. So it's really a wonderful tool. Uh, then JLo, yes, woo, it's exciting energy. Been feeling it for a while. And JLo says, I've noticed how things pop up when I'm thinking of it. Oddly, I do not even have to be speaking of it. It leads me into the research of something, even just opening Facebook or about to search Google. <laughs> there you go. Pia mentioned the Venus influence and in the Pleiadian. Uh, what about it briefly? And yeah, so we we are embarking on a time period. I'm going to share my screen here, but I just wanted to make sure I have this. Um, here we go. So we're embarking on a time period starting midweek, Thursday, Friday, actually toward the end of the week, where Venus and the sun come into a conjunction. So here is the symbol for Venus, here's the symbol for the sun, and not far behind during that conjunction is the planet Chiron. And Chiron at eight degrees, Aries. So if you read this, the Venus is at five degrees, 50 minutes. The sun is at five degrees, 50 minutes, an exact conjunction. Chiron at eight degrees, 40 minutes. So they're literally just about three degrees apart from one another, still close enough to be in a conjunction. And that is the astrological configuration that occurs on Thursday and Friday. And this is the sort of harbinger of the, the next step in Venus's cycle. So this is called a superior conjunction because this, the that Venus is actually invisible. Uh, you could look at it like this. Venus is on the other side of the sun, although that's not technically you know, it, exactly what's happening, but the sun is in between Venus and the earth. So we don't really get to see Venus at this point in time. Look out in the morning sky, look out in the evening sky. You're not seeing a Venus at this point in time because she's disappeared behind the glare of the sun. The sun is too bright, so we it dims her light, right? So right now the sun's light is brightest uh, if you're thinking of that that relationship between Venus and, and the sun. But then you also have Chiron, who is just in front of the sun, sort of close to um, where the sun and Venus go next. So we go from this conjunction of what more is possible into this conjunction of the healing path to get there. So it's kind of an eloquent sort of... Um, Connection between these planets. Remember that Chiron in Aries, he's here for you know a long time. So he's already been here maybe two and a half, two years. I think another five years here in this sign. So he's slowly helping us evolve the energy of the uh, "I am" right, or of our claim to who, what our true nature is, or of our authentic selves. So we have the possibility here of really learning two big deals. One about the interdependent nature of the universe, as well as this new um, emerging uh, paradigm and what's in that paradigm, because we are all with this conjunction happening here in the process of emerging. And what is it that's emerging? I think everybody has that sort of feeling within them uh, about what might be emerging personally, but also what's emerging in the bigger, wider world, or what's emerging as a universe, right? The universal potential for um, becoming more unified, being more in uh, the energy of universal love. Those are the things that are emerging, and we are distant from that in our everyday expression so what's emerging is the potential for us to keep moving and moving toward more unity and we can't have unity at the same time we have division so we're having to heal some of those things chiron that uh, stand between us and being whole being healed being one and um, being able to live in peace which is ultimately what all of this is leading us to, right? That golden age of peace, where we no longer have to have battles that we're fighting or wars or things like that. So even though we're a long way off from that, this gets us the start. And it also is showing us that it begins in very profound ways when we open up our minds and our hearts and our emotions to the possibility that that can happen. If we don't even consider that that's a possibility, if all we can see is the negativity out there, then we're 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 making it that much longer before we can actually get to where we want to be, which is to the peaceful place or to uh, being in, you know, a sort of uh, brotherly, sisterly sort of relationship to one another. So. Uh, While that's a ways off, it starts somewhere and here's its starting point. So we have both the Venus conjunct sun, but we also have Venus having moved into Aries. And then we have the Venus star point moving into Aries as well. So we have sort of three different things telling us about emerging energy, about stepping out of the old and into the new and about creating that pathway forward. So uh, while this this is the astrological explanation, I thought this morning, well, I wanted to take a look at where is that happening in our human design? And I didn't have a chance to get the, hmm, I didn't get a chance to really get the chart up before it was time for me to go live. So we'll do this without the chart, maybe uh, Friday or Asa remind me to put a graphic up later for uh, where this is happening in human design. So for right now, if you have your human design chart in front of you, take a look up at the Ajna, the second center down. It's If you have it defined, it's colored in green. And if it's open, of course, it's white. And the Ajna, if you're looking at it in the left side of it is the gate 17. The gate 17 in quantum human design is now called the gate of anticipation. And in the gene keys, we see this as the shadow of um, opinions, right? The shadow of opinions. But as we start to move up through opinion, it goes to the, we go from the shadow of opinion to farsightedness to omniscience omniscience being able to see the future be able to ascertain what is up in the future and huh Uh, asa i thought i saw a message from you did you send me a message because if you did i just passed right by it so I'll, i'll come back to that in a minute if you had if someone had a question so the gate 17 the gate of Anticipation is really being focused on, and it will be be focused on for more than just that day that Venus conjuncts the sun or uh, Chiron for that matter, because it's forming the energy for the next week in human design. So, the gate 17, in its highest, as we come into mastery, if you will, or we come into the Cidic state of. Uh, omniscience in this gate. We're talking about potentials and the possibilities that expand our idea of what is possible. So when we're looking at uh, the world, we are often looking at it through our limitations. We're not necessarily looking at it through what more is possible. I mean, be honest with yourself. When you look at what's happening in the world right now, how do you see it? Do you see everything that's happening, the good, the bad, and the ugly as potential for something awesome? Or do we see it for the potential for war or division or more ugliness or fear? How, how do you honestly see it? And um, you can do this as well with your own personal life, right? As you anticipate what comes next in your own life, how are you viewing that? right? Are you looking at it in with an expansive view or are you looking at it with a narrow view, right? I can only do this because I only have this much money, this much time, this much resources, or are you looking at, wow, I am a divine being and with endowed like my creator with energy to bring things into being. I wonder what more is possible. I know in my heart, this is what I want, so if this is what I want, I know it can be, but it's gonna happen likely in right timing with the right people, right opportunities. And that's in the realm of the universe, right? Or God or source, cosmos, right? So your job then is to stay focused on the idea or the, the object that you you want or how you want to be living your life or what, what direction you would like to go, but holding it with as much openness Uh, with possibility thinking as you can, right? So in this energy, the gate 17 operating in its highest allows us to hold that space to be able to use our mind to look at what's possible. The ajna represents the mind instead of being, you know, small minded, little minded uh, and only seeing what's right here in front of us without the possibility of seeing what else is out there. This is also for us to inspire one another to be better, to be more creative, to, to be more authentic, to live more in our truths, right? So it's not just devoted to the world, but also to one another in our interpersonal relationships. This is very creative, expansive energy when it's operating in its highest, when it's operating in its highest. The shadow, however, is opinions, right? Opinion or opinions that reduce options right that bring it in and make it smaller uh, by embracing opinions as truth and acting on them we make it smaller right we make it smaller instead of thinking big and what more is possible then we think smaller and a lot of times it's those opinions that bring us into almost the calcification where we can't we can't really break out of of the hard shells of the things that we've created. The only way for us to do that is to bust that out by opening up the heart, the mind, the solar plexus to what more is possible. So we're here to learn through the gate 17 to share opinions, thoughts and ideas in the right timing. And what does that mean? Well, the right timing is when you have an invitation to share your thoughts, your ideas and your opinions or when people ask for them right? We don't just go out there and, you know, blurt things out because when we do that, we create chaos. We create a problem. We create, we are almost, that's an invitation to reaction from uh, the outer world, people, especially in our outer world. So we're learning to be able to share our opinions in the right timing by waiting for that timing via the invitation. Uh, Or literally when someone says, Hey, you know, do you have any idea about how I can manifest XYZ, and you're like, sure, I do. Um, And here's how I, you know, I want to give you these ideas. So when you do it that way, then it's received in the spirit in which you offered it up and not in the spirit of uh, judgment or constriction or uh, criticizing or, um, you know, being overly analyzed by someone. Which brings me to the earth for that same day and also for the next several days after the Sun-Venus conjunction, we have the uh, earth moving now through the the gates of the spleen. So what's triggered are our fears and our shadows for the next uh, eight, nine weeks, we have these different energies coming up to the surface. And the first one that comes up is the gate of perfection, judgment, um, overly criticizing or overly analyzing. It is on the spleen center at the very bottom left corner. And the gate 18 leads to the perfection to aligning with joy. And the people who carry the gate 18, and all of us will, while we have that transit going on, all of us will be carrying that energy. It is uh, an energy where we can very easily tap into how to realign, how to realign with joy, with a joyful expression. Uh, or just with the foundational energy of joy in our exuberance and our, because I don't think people are mean spirited by nature. I don't think people set out to hurt people's feelings by correcting via uh, their opinions. I don't, think that's the case. But I do think that in our exuberance sometimes to see things in a more perfected manner, we get overly excited and we, we criticize or we judge or what we say comes across in the wrong timing as uh, being uh, criticism or being a judgment. Where when we wait for the invitation, you know, to be able to express what we're thinking about or what we see as a pathway to correction, then it's, it's accepted in the spirit in which we've given it and it softens the whole uh, interaction. And the spleen center is very far away from the throat and the gate 18 does not have a direct access to the throat. So we really have to have different ways of getting to that throat energy via the invitation before we can share our constructive criticism. And it's not just that we do that to other people. I think the most negative expression of this particular energy is when we turn it inward. When we turn it inward and we find all of our failings, when we pick ourselves apart, you know, all the reasons why I can't do something instead of all the reasons why I can do something. And oh, by the way, just learn the rest along the way. We have a, a sort of nature that thinks that everything has to be perfect before we can actually take action and if you're someone who has the gate 18 defined by birth you're probably sitting there shaking your head because you understand this is a part of who you are this this drive to be perfect or to be in the perfect place with the perfect amount of information the perfect what you, you name it right perfection and then then you'll put your book out there, or then you'll uh, launch your project, or then you'll get into that relationship. So we find ourselves then paralyzed in this gate sometimes by inaction due to fear that it's not perfect or we're not perfect, right? So we keep playing with it. We keep Um, holding it, procrastinating even from launching something or doing something because of fear that it isn't good enough yet. So we have to understand that everything is as it is in the moment. It can't be any better than it is in this moment or else it would be. Right. So now is the perfect time. You can deal with any um, editing that needs to be done, any uh, changes that need to be made uh, uh, later. Right. The important thing right now is to be out of that self, like turning that finger of blame and, and shame or uh, judging yourself or overly be, being overly critical of yourself and uh, turn it into a love for where you are in this moment and everything that you've experienced to get you where you are. And you know what? I'm going to step out of my comfort zone a little bit. And I'm going to jump out there, right? I'm just going to jump out there. When when we look at the gate 18, it is often a place where uh, we can shut ourselves down. Uh, we can shut ourselves off from the joy uh, that is just across the channel, right? We can shut ourselves off from that because it isn't the perfect relationship, the perfect timing, etc., etc. So while we have sun, Venus, and Chiron at the gate 17, with that whole idea of letting go of opinions, the earth at the gate 18 is going to be bringing us the thing that needs to be taken care of before we can really be in that expanded place of sharing ideas and and, uh, possibilities. Before we can inspire one another, we have to stop judging one another before i can aspire to be my full authentic self in the world i have to deal with or handle the self-perfecting uh judgment that that i have so all of us going through this for uh the next uh week or so with this energy and of course it doesn't end there right it doesn't end there the story is that the following week the earth will be in another gate of the spleen and for the next you know eight weeks then we're gonna be dealing with these different energies. So of course we'll be talking about those over time. Uh, Okay, questions, comments, help. Um, JLo, I like the way that sounds. JLo says, maybe it's just me always tinkering my mental but I always see the positive at all. Sometimes my kids do not enjoy it. Uh, JLo says, I have the gate 18 in the sixth line and 18, four with Pluto there. I guess it's time to research more about Plutonian energy. Well, Pluto being at that gate 18 is a generational hallmark, right? So that's a generation of you born right around that same time period that would have the gate 18 activated by Pluto. So it's your generation that's here to sort of go through the transformation of that energy. So taking, so when we look at the gate 18 in its in it, through the gene keys, the gate 18 is judgment in the shadow, integrity in the uh, gift, and then perfection, well, perfection in the highest expression. So that might be a great contemplation for all of us if you have your gene keys book, uh, or you've been studying the gene keys to take a look at the 17 and the 18 through the gene keys and get a deeper uh, idea of what all of that energy is about. Uh, helping us to see deeper into that expression. Okay, well, let's go through any other questions. Kathleen Mallory, I have Saturn at gate 18. So those of you who have it already defined by a planet, any planet for that matter, are familiar with how this concept of judgment or self-judgment or uh, perfectionism how that's playing out in your life, if you've seen it, right? Um, and it can play out in both ways. It can play out from the the part where you're in constant judgment of yourself, or in constant criticism of yourself or others. But it can also play out in the more positive side, where you can you use your critical eye or your your critical skills to be able to. Um, oh, Oh, I see. I'm getting text messages from something, a number that's three digits that because it's from the far distance, I'm not seeing it correctly. And I keep thinking it says Asa, uh, but it's not you. I'm sorry. That's why I keep thinking there's questions out there. So um, anyway, so if you have it already, you're familiar with this energy. But what might be unfamiliar is the people who don't normally have this energy. And suddenly it's triggered and you find yourself being critical or judgmental getting caught up in that using your um, opinions and your criticism without the invitation to do so and upsetting the people in your relationships. So that's, this is why we need to talk about this because it's a pathway to really break your relationships. When you start to do things like that, when you share information out of time, when you share your opinions instead of Uh, with out of the right timing, which means without that invitation to do so, or you, it may come off then as judgmental to other people, even though maybe in your own heart of hearts, what you're trying to do is, is noble. I mean, maybe you're trying to, you know, really nobly create a pathway for someone to move to a more perfected state, or for even your own self to move there, but you're doing it in the wrong way, which then blows it up. In which case, if it's in an interpersonal relationship, you could be undermining your relationships. So it's very important to get this one right, right? To get to understand this one so that you're not blowing up your relationships. And, you know, how that goes is sometimes somebody says something, you come back and say something to them. They come back and say something to you and back and forth and back and forth. And until where? Till it just explodes, or uh, you you end up turning your backs on one another. So it's an important energy for all of us to learn to keep our relationships healthy, but to also keep yourself clear of that field of of energy that wants to be um, perfection seeking, criticizing and judgmental. Okay, all right. So um, let me go back here and see if there are other questions. JLo. hmm, now I'm curious to know what gate my family has that always criticizing others outside and all I do is pray for them. Well, let's look at it this way. We're in relationships because the people outside of us, our relationships are mirrors to what's going on inside of us. And one of the, the things that I do when I'm not in reaction to something is I ask myself, why is this showing up? What am I learning here? What is this? Why? What can I learn from this interaction? Or what? Why is this energy popping up in my field again? I thought I'd handled this, right? I thought I was beyond this. So there's a lot of things that you could do with that, JLo, and not to turn it in to criticize your own self, but to just inquire, you know, wh- where's this? showing me where I'm still in judgment. Um, where's this showing me I'm still in, uh, criticizing because you can't just like put a bunch of, you know, roses, pe- rose petals over the top of it and expect that that's now healed. <laughs> you have to actually go in and you have to actually go, okay, where am I being judgmental? Where am I being critical? I, it's funny because I found myself doing this, uh, over the weekend that asking those questions of myself, what is this showing me? And I don't always get that answer right away. Sometimes you just have to wait for a while, just having asked the question with an open mind, open heart, open emotions, uh, so that, you know, it'll occur to you what it means and or what, what this is about. Where are you still holding on to judgment and criticism, either of yourself or of others? And not as a way to make yourself bad or wrong, Um, But to be able to be humble in this experience, right? To be able to, you know, be willing to look inward and to um, see how it applies to what you are learning about you. Interesting, I'm kind of hard to myself. Maybe it's right there, right? You're hard on yourself. So when, when you see people outside of you that are being hard on others or through criticizing or judging or, you know, that type of thing, then it's still in you, right? That you've got that in your own heart or that you're doing that to yourself in some way, or maybe even doing it to other people in some way, even if it's only in your mind, right? You may not be outwardly going, you suck, you suck, you suck, but in your mind, you suck, you suck, you suck. And you need to clear that as well, right? Because the mind is still holding energy on that particular thing. So good stuff, right? Uh, Okay, I am done this morning. Then I think what I'll do is maybe uh, pull some cards. I'm thinking maybe a galactic heritage card this morning and a goddess card. Where did my goddesses go? And I'll draw these for the collective for the week. Oh, a spirit animal. That just occurred to me too. And... Oops, here we go. Spirit animal, let's do that one first to get us through the week, or at least till Friday. Okay, so this will be for the collective. A spirit animal as a totem perhaps uh, to give us wisdom, keep us on the right track. And uh, two of them flew out of the deck, antelope spirit and dragonfly. So 22 and 2, two, two, two. Um, now I'm going to flip them this way because this is how they came out of the deck with antelope first, right side up and dragonfly upside down and I'm going to turn it over for a moment uh, because they have little messages underneath. Antelope says life is speeding up and dragonfly says truth transcends illusion. And if you look there two, this is a 20 or 2 and this is a 22. 222. Two, two. Raise your hand if you've been seeing triple digits lately or four digits. I've been seeing 1111 11 and 111 every day for almost a week. And now I'm wondering like, well, what, what, what is it? <laughs> What's emerging? Because that's what the ones are about. The twos, the 222 two, two, in this case, it's like, don't quit before the, the fruits of your manifestation are happening, right? It's like, stick with it, that it, it takes time for the seed to germinate and to pop up above the soil. Uh, So first we'll do Antelope Spirit. Antelope Spirit is card number two, and it was right side up. So it says, when Antelope Spirit rushes into your life, you are being reminded of the quickening of your personal evolution as a powerful co-creator. You are being told unequivocally that it's time to get moving, set your intentions, and take action toward making your dreams real. Uh, There is an intensity you can feel, and it is important to take advantage of this energy right now. If you have a plan for your career or financial abundance, now is the time to step it up. If you're asking about a relationship, make that first move. Just know that the intentions you have set in motion are coming together now at warp speed. Stay alert and keep up. Things are getting interesting when antelope spirit calls you to act quickly. Hmm. And dragonfly spirit number 22 was, like I said, upside down. And let's see what this one means. Uh, truth transcends illusion. And when a message is, or when a card is upside down, the message is in protection here. And it says Did you really think this world of the senses is all there is? From the hidden mystical realms, signs are being sent to you, but perhaps you have perceived separation and convinced yourself that you are on your own. Have you fallen into spiritual amnesia and forgotten your connection to a living, loving, always supportive universe? If so, rub the sleep out of your eyes for Dragonfly Spirit is here to remind you of all the love and support available to you in every moment. There is an organizing principle underlying the events you have experienced and Dragonfly Spirit can help you see it and trust that Spirit has your back. Let go of the illusion of chaos and randomness. Love is here. So follow the signs that appear serendipitously. As you pay attention to the magic all around you, you will know you are on the right track. Dragonfly and antelope are two animal totems for the week. Move those away and let's pull a galactic heritage card. I love these cards. They give us, wisdom from the cosmos no don't go flying please don't go flying oh my there we go okay so the galactic heritage cards coming full circle serious in the present Card number 60, six, staying in the flow. That's what that reminds me of. That kind of looks like a little angel inside there holding on to DNA and to the world. Hmm, with sun in his hand. Lots of little symbols in that one. So let's see what that one means. 60, coming full circle. Okay, serious. In the ancient days, the Syrians placed codes within our DNA to help us evolve when the time was right. That time is now. Humankind is awakening as the Syrians had hoped. Their task has come full circle. If you pulled this card, then you have a connection to that ancient Syrian past. And because of humankind's awakening, you have recently completed a karmic pattern held for thousands of years. You may feel subtle energies of completion, or you may feel nothing at all. But if you have any guilt about things left undone in the ancient past, it is not necessary to hold that pattern any longer. It is recommended that you read the commentary for card 59, which is unfinished business, uh, for the issues are related. This card is connected to the ancient serious era when our ET forefathers committed to long-term goals and completed most of them. When we complete goals or complete a cycle, we come full circle and are ready to start a new cycle of learning. If this card comes up in your reading, it is very possible that you have just completed a cycle of learning and are ready to start a new one. Isn't that interesting, right? Because we just ended yesterday the uh, cycle of evolution, the spiral of consciousness for the week in the Pleiadian calendar. And today is the start of a new one. If you feel this is not true and that you are currently stuck in a situation then you can interpret this to mean that with all the work or avoidance you have done regarding an issue, you are coming full circle around to confront it again, giving you an opportunity to transform it once and for all. This is a powerful place to be. And when this card comes up, it usually means you're poised for a powerful transformation in your life circumstances. Look to the other cards, well, for further clarification, if you need it. If you're contemplating a serious decision in life, and you feel that you have completed your past lessons, then this is a great time to take that leap of faith into the unknown and begin a new cycle of learning and growth. (laughs) Yes, indeed. That card is a profound one for us this week. And lastly, I felt a need to call on the goddesses. I feel like because they're, you know, Venus is the divine feminine. Uh, She's now in Mars territory as is the sun, that's a lot of masculine energy. So perhaps this allows the feminine to emerge, right? Some wisdom about how to bring the feminine into uh, balance here in all of that masculine energy. Oh, yes it is. We get this card all the time, it's too funny. Uh, This is Athena, right side up, the goddess of wisdom, Athena. So let's see what that's about. We should almost have this one memorized because I think we've had it enough times. And she was right side up. So it is an empowerment message. Athena, the Greek goddess of intellect and strategy says, knowledge is power and you are in a perfect position to gain greater greater clarity at this time. Your hard work is paying off and everything you have learned about life has brought you to this moment in time. Your knowledge, logical choices, and intentions are aligned with divine will. Your intellect is keen and your mind is clear. You know what you have to do. Right now, the world is making sense. You don't have to question or debate it. You can take things at face value. If you think it adds up, that's because it does. Have courage, my love. Your most prescient dreams are within reach. The goddess Athena will help. That's from the goddess deck, both of uh, these decks, uh, goddess and spirit animal by Colette Baron reed and the galactic heritage cards by Lyssa Royal Holt. All right, that's it. Sounds like a good week. Uh, I wish you all well. I will see you on Wednesday uh, if you're going to join um, the Angel Heart Radio for the broadcast at three or four. I think it's going to be 4 p.m. Pacific time. And that you go to the Angel Heart Radio Facebook page and Annette and I broadcast live to that page. And then I'll be again with you on Friday morning. All right, you guys, have a great week.